Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept, in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we're super thrilled and so excited that we're able to offer our programming in one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments connecting parents from all around the world. At Project purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures in order for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments both socially and politically that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday and we have one scheduled to drop this upcoming Sunday, so definitely be sure to meander over to the website and check out our content. For alternative listening options, we are also available on 10 different podcast platforms, so definitely be sure to check out the links. We've provided them in the description down below for your listening leisure. Now, as is the convention, definitely be sure to subscribe, hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post. And of course, if you like these conversations and you want to keep them going, like, comment, and share this segment. Let's get into it. Hello tout le monde. Hello everyone. So for those of you who are new, welcome. We cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week basis and this week our topic of discussion is mental health. Now before jumping into today's segment I would be remiss if I didn't cover a couple of housekeeping items involving the fact that in this month of December we will be covering the topic of closure in our live events. So for the foreseeable future we plan on going live at minimum twice a month every month on our Facebook page. If you aren't following us on Facebook this is the time to do so definitely check out our page and leave a like and what we hope to do is have thoughtful engaging discussions that help us to build a bridge between the ideas of closure and how it translates in healthy and adaptive ways in our day-to-day lives. So it is a two-part series and these are paid events. Now if it is the case that you see yourself participating in our community on an ongoing basis then might I suggest our package plan. So we have our package plan so that you on top of our live events have the opportunity to participate and engage in our webinars and in our workshops called 
cultivating the life skills, the critical thinking skills, the soft skills required to derive more meaning and fulfillment out of life. And we're very excited about the programming that we've offered via our package plans. We are going to be dropping the thematic calendar for the live events that we will be launching for the year of 2022. So thematic. So we're going to have a theme per quarter and then cover different topics in relation to that theme per quarter because it gives you the opportunity to take advantage of some sweet, sweet deals. So be sure to check out our website so you get more information on what each package plan entails and they're growing and evolving. So we're going to be adding and providing more bells and whistles as it relates to each of our package plans. So be on the lookout for that. Now that that's on your radar, let's jump into today's topic. And today we're going to be talking about the art and the science of the self-check-in. Now I think that this is a great topic as it relates to mental health because we talk about checking in, but we don't realize that checking in isn't so simple. It's not always so straightforward to check in with yourself. Sometimes there's nuance. Sometimes, you know, just asking yourself, how am I doing today isn't enough. We need to do a little bit more work. It needs to be more intentional. We need to give ourselves some space. I mean, there's so many different things that we need to take in consideration when it comes to the self check-in. So I thought, why not cover a topic in the self check-in, give you all the different ways that I check in with myself or know that I need to check in with myself at a later time, depending on the situation. And hopefully it gives you some flavor and some context. If it is the case that you're hoping to become more attuned to who you are emotionally, responding to your emotional needs and sometimes even your, your mental health needs, which ties into your emotional needs as well. So I'm gonna just quickly jump right into it all the different ways that I check in so I have two styles of check-in so I have my check-in that is routine and I also have my check-in that is ad hoc so for my routine check-in which is the first one that we're going to be covering today is my wake up and go to sleep so when I wake up I am immediately checking in with myself because depending on the quality of sleep that I've had the dreams or the weird dreams or nightmares that I've had I can wake up feeling off and it is so easy for me to make a quick adjustment to my morning routine if it is the case that I do feel off and sometimes it's just something as simple as like my shower routine or my beauty routine or what I'm eating that can help me recalibrate and still start my day off right but to do that I need to like not shake off or ignore the fact that I'm feeling off as I wake up and I address it before my feet are out the door or in this remote digital environment or before I'm off to work so that I'm not feeling distracted. Another routine opportunity that I take to check in is when I go to sleep. So when I go to sleep I'm almost like a robot. I'm downloading everything that took place throughout the day. And I mentioned in one of my videos that I'm like constantly in start, stop, continue mode. And when I go to sleep, I'm, I'm doing a checklist of start, stop, continue for my following day, just based on the events and my performance and the way that I showed up in different spaces and different tasks throughout the day. And I find that when I end my day with this start, stop, continue, I kind of go through my day, think about like my wins, my areas of opportunity, and I think about what I'd like to do differently. I go to sleep feeling confident because I go to sleep with an action plan for the next day and it's already listed. And sometimes I will write it out, but most of the time, like by the time I'm done sifting through the things that I want to do better that are going to carry over into the next day, it's like fairly solidified in my mind. And these are the first few things I tackle once I begin my next day. So my routine self 
check-in is as soon as I wake up and the moment before I go to sleep. So I think this is really important because it helps me just keep myself top of mind. I don't start my days kind of leaving my sense of well-being behind. It starts with getting a sense of what my well-being is, recognizing like what it is that I need to do to respond to my sense of well-being, whether it's in that next moment or my next day. So th that's a bit of my routine self-check-in that takes place. As it relates to check-ins that are fairly regular, but also a little bit more on the ad hoc side is when I'm in a one-on-one -on -one or if I'm meeting someone new. So typically if I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one or if I'm meeting someone new, I like to check in with myself. I like to check in with how I'm feeling as a result of that interaction, how comfortable I feel in that interaction with that person or with the things that were said in that interaction. And I go through these different layers of check-in because it's always very nuanced. Sometimes I can be very comfortable with the person that I'm interacting with, but I'm not comfortable with what was being said. Or I can be comfortable with what was being said and with the ideas, but I find that as the meeting's going on, I'm really not that comfortable with the person that I'm in the meeting with. So I like to do these check-ins and I like to get a sense as to the why. So if I do find that there's a little bit of a discord, there's a little bit of a friction points that take place, I want to address it immediately within myself and give myself an opportunity to recalibrate or to adjust if it is the case that I need to do so or just have an action plan moving forward if I do see that I will be engaging with this person on an ongoing basis. So I think that that's really very important and I think that like the signals are also things that I take into consideration as well. Typically if it is the case that I'm in that conversation and I feel slight discomfort but I can't pinpoint why if it's vague it gives me an opportunity to unearth any like unfair assumptions unconscious bias any prejudice that might have taken place within me that i was battling through as we're trying to kind of create a, a strategy or a plan or coming to the discussion with like an objective point of view and i like to unearth those resolve them immediately so that they don't interfere with my ability to interact and correspond with people on an ongoing basis but typically they're fairly clear so if i do feel like, you know, there was some friction with me and this person and this personality, I will have a clear example as to why I can address that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a direct conversation, but if it is the case that I'm feeling uncomfortable, like I find different ways that I can navigate just to ensure my sense of comfort moving forward. If it is the topic points, then I find that that's much easier to resolve by just quick points of clarification and readjusting and realignment in the flow of that conversation and the trajectory of that path that we're on either way. But I think that it's very important that when you're in a one-on-one -on -one meeting or if you're meeting someone new, you're always kind of peeking into your own internal responses and reactions in that moment and getting a sense of how that should translate in the ways that you interact and engage with these people on an ongoing basis. And I think that is very important, especially when you're interacting with the world around you, that you never rationalize away or undermine your feelings of discomfort. And part of the self-check-in, part of what makes the self-check-in so beautiful is you catch that discomfort and you name it, or you catch that discomfort and you resolve it, but you don't undermine it, you don't rationalize it away. So if it is the case that my discomfort stems from a trigger that had absolutely nothing to do with this person, but a past experience, I'm going to resolve that. But if my discomfort actually comes from this person, I'm also going to do what I can to adjust my behavior to resolve that because I'm not comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And I think that we need to hold ourselves to our own inner barometer of our own degree of comfort and our own threshold with our own discomfort and ask ourselves like, 
why are we okay feeling uncomfortable to this extent? And should there be an adjustment? And this isn't just gender, you know, based discomfort. I think that all of us feel as though we owe it to the world to kind of go through life feeling uncomfortable. And I don't think that that's true. I, and I, you know, I've even had like male friends who felt uncomfortable and like it took them a while to even admit that they felt uncomfortable and they hid their discomfort. And I think that we're all better equipped at creating safe spaces for one another if we give ourselves permission to create safe spaces for ourselves. So regardless of where you are on that gender spectrum, your, your comfort should be your number one priority. And there are different ways to address your comfort. So long as you like make a mental note of the fact that you're uncomfortable and you can think about what strategy is the best strategy to move forward, but you always focus on resolution, not on minimizing or rationalizing your discomfort. So I think that's very important by way of the self check-in. And so the last point as it relates to self check-ins is when it comes to experiences and food. And these are very important because like I mentioned in a few videos, I grew up with a lot of different allergies and different food intolerances that made me very food adverse. So if it wasn't something that I knew was tried and true, I had a lot of anxiety around trying new food just because my body really was fairly intolerant to eating things that it didn't like. And I would have visceral, physical responses to foods that my body did not like. And and it's a, it's, it's a Russian roulette game. And anyone who has an allergy can tell you, like you can't predict the severity of your reaction, right? You can't predict if you're gonna go into anaphylactic shock or if you're gonna have a state of anaphylaxis. You're not gonna be able to predict if like a food intolerance decides one day like it's had enough of you kind of cheating and skipping here and there and like builds itself up into an allergy like you can't dictate the extremity of these reactions and I find that for me because I had so many different food intolerances it was really about exposure like how often did I expose myself in this week to you know x amount of food intolerances and with that build up like how close am I to my body just like you know like going you know death five on me so that was kind of the game that I played with whenever I ate new foods and it just became safer for me to eat foods that I knew were, you know, safe because my body started having much more severe reactions. But I learned to just be attuned. Like within 20 minutes of you eating something, you know if whether or not your body likes that food or not. And it could just be queasiness. It could be very light queasiness. It could be lethargy. Like you feel like your energy just dropped completely, but then it stays low. And no matter what you do, you can even have caffeine. You're just kind of fighting against yourself. You feel heavy. And all of these are just signals. Like your body doesn't like the food that you've eaten and I think that it's important that each of us gets a sense of like what foods energize us and like we feel like we've rejuvenated ourselves and what food just like zaps away at our energy and I think the same thing goes for experiences so there are different movies that I can watch where like I am tired like I feel like I've run a marathon after watching a movie just because the stimuli was just too intense for me I know that I'm not going to kind of subject myself to that genre of movie again or it could even be like you know an amusement park right like I can easily get overstimulated I can easily get overwhelmed just by like too many colors too many things taking place so I've learned how to moderate my experiences so that I can get the most amount of enjoyment out of it like for me like if I'm going on vacation and it is a huge shift of temperature I need to like slowly expose myself to that temperature in little doses or I will have heat stroke and be completely out of commission so I'm not someone who can come from like the winter time in Canada and go to like a hot Caribbean island and immediately just acclimatize to that environment like you'll find that's like oh where, where's Rochelle like I'm doing 
doing two hours outdoors, two hours indoors, two hours outdoors, two hours indoors for the first two days so that my body has an opportunity to adjust to the new climate, to the new temperature without me going into an immediate heat stroke and having things just not work and, you know, completely destroying the experience. So I think that it's just very important that we develop more attunement to our physical responses and reactions to the environments that we're in, to the food that we're putting into our bodies, that we respond in kind. So it's not just noticing, it's like, okay, well, how do I fix this? How do I address it? And I think these are all the different ways that we can do a self check-in to help ourselves, to support ourselves, just be more successful, uh, derive more meaning, more fulfillment, more engagement in the different settings and environments that we're in. And it's not just like, hey, how do I feel? And then you move on with your day. Like sometimes it takes you know, a moment of meditation, a moment of mindfulness. It takes a lot of intention. Sometimes if, as it relates to the experience, if I have a very visceral response to an experience, it takes me some time before I recognize what emotion was triggered. You know, sometimes I just feel shaken. And if you ask me what emotion I'm experiencing, like I'm too busy feeling shaken to identify the emotion that is shaking me up. And it's important that I give myself the time and space to circle back. Otherwise, it might project itself onto, you know, a stranger who had absolutely no idea with why I'm feeling this emotional or a loved one. Who knows what that might be? But it's important that we recognize that, like, sometimes it takes more time. Sometimes it's more nuanced. Sometimes our emotions are kind of in hiding and we need to, like, give ourselves the opportunity to check in several times until the emotion is ready to kind of show itself. But it's important that we develop the habit, the behavior, the self-check-in, and then we learn, like, what it is that we need or how it is that we need to check in depending on the context, the situation, so on and so forth. In any case, I wanted to provide color and texture to it because sometimes people say, well, I check in and I don't hear anything or like there's nothing there. I really don't know what I'm looking for. And these are just different guardrails to help you do the self-check-in in a way where you're getting information from your self-check-in that's like true accurate information. You're acting on that information. You're being responsive. You're honoring yourself in the way that you're responding to your self-check-ins. And you're just developing more attunement to your mental, physical, and emotional self. So I think that it's very important to develop that mental, physical, spiritual attunement, your delta. And the best way to do that is to just be very diligent with your self check-ins. So that was this video this week on mental health. I hope that it was interesting to you. I hope you learned something from it. And I'm looking forward to engaging with you in our next video. We'll talk to you soon.